Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry with Freedom Ministries. Hope that you're doing well today. Thanks for being online for our Facebook Bible study together. And I'm so glad that you're a part of this. If there is a little bit of glitching and kind of breaking up online while you're watching this video, that is to be expected. Some settings have changed that um, is a little bit out of my control right now, but it will always be available on the podcast and hopefully the audio, audio will come come through just nice and fine. It is Tuesday, September the 19th. The year is flying by. I hope you've had a good start to your week. If you're joining me on Facebook Live or you're listening in on the podcast ministry, this is going to be part three of our Bible study. We're going through the book of Proverbs. If you're on the podcast, it's going to be Episode 3, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 5 as we're studying through this. And the topic that we have found ourselves in is the subject matter of Solomon talking to his son about keeping his life pure, keeping himself away from temptation, and um, helping his marriage. So the title of this is Making Your Marriage a Fair Proof. You know, I found that living the Christian life is easy. Did you know that? It's easy until you're faced with everyday problems. You know, living the Christian life is easy, I found, while I'm at church. It's not that hard. Maybe even while I'm at home, it's not that hard. It only becomes difficult, and I'm needing strength, and I'm needing instruction, I need spiritual guidance, I'm needing the Holy Spirit to be at work in my life, in everything else, though. And so, obviously, my statement, living the Christian life is easy, isn't basically true all the way, is it? No, living the Christian life sometimes can be difficult, especially when we're facing or are faced with just life, when temptation or whatever the case may be for you come into our life, difficulties, tragedy, then your faith, right, your belief is put to test. And so we find that to be true in all of our lives, don't we? And so I just want to encourage you, stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to his word and allow his word to instruct you and teach you and guide you. Yes, even when life is difficulty or throws hurdles at you. And here Solomon is teaching his son. He's teaching his son some great principles. 
helping his son navigate through life's difficulties. That's what he's doing. And so while you're finding Proverbs chapter 5, and I hope that you will, and I hope that you have time to do that. Um, So even if the screen or video is glitching, it's okay. Just hang in there, and uh, we'll, we'll make some settings here. Let me see if I can maybe make a few changes to help out. Nope, not going to be able to do that on the fly here. And so if I disconnect uh, the service, then I have to restart over. So I'm not going to do that. Um, Hopefully this is not a problem on your end. You know, Adam and Eve, from what we know and from our study of God's word, Adam and Eve are the only two people who for a while had a perfect environment they're the only ones that we know of of all of creation through all of time had a moment in their life where they faced or where they were living in a sinless environment it was perfect until that moment right Until that moment that they chose to sin, their marriage, can you believe it? Even their marriage was perfect. Now, you may have a marriage that, well, it's not perfect, but it maybe hasn't been faced with a lot of issues. But every marriage has its bumps. Every marriage goes through struggles. There's a learning process, communication, right? There is always of those things. And after sin entered in, corruption, the whole earth, from there on, the Bible says that God has been reconciling the world unto himself through Jesus Christ. And this is why we need the word of God. And Solomon here in Proverbs chapter 5 is encouraging his son and wanting his son to look out for, since he's talking to his son, he's obviously going to speak of the opposite gender of a wicked or a strange, a sinful, immoral woman. So if you're a woman, then obviously you would replace this with the opposite gender, an immoral or strange man. And so when we find it, it says that in verse three or verse one, he says, my son, attend to my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding that you may regard discretion. Thinking clearly through this, right? Making sure that you're making wise choices, that you're not entering into this ignorantly, but wise spiritually. And he says that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral or strange woman drip as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable, and she does not even know it. Hear me now, therefore, O children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way 
far from her. Mm, kind of sounds like what Paul told Timothy. Flee youthful lust. Go away quickly. Run. And do not go near the door of her house. This is verse 8, now verse 9. Lest you give honor to others and your ears or your years to the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of strangers and, your, and you mourn at the last. What is that? When your flesh and your body are consumed. There is a lot of instruction here. And obviously he is informing us, which we've already covered in part one and part two, that there is the appeal, right? There's the appeal of the deceitful words and the destructive ways, right? Her lips, her mouth, her words, his words, right, is an appeal. But the problem is that it only leads to destruction. Those steps and those ways lead to ultimate destruction. And there's that agony part, right? This whole thought of this living and going after this sexual immorality uh, comes with great personal agony. And it, it, it leads to not only that, but financial and physical agony. Then there's that third thought that we covered last time and we want to pick up where we left off. And that is, yes, there is the uh, appeal right? There's the appeal of this extra marital affair. There's the agony of it, but then there's the awakening. So we become alert. We awaken our senses. We become very aware of what's happening around us. And we awaken to see how disobedient we can become. I think this is the obviously the point of all of scripture, regardless of the topic at hand, if it's lying, if it's stealing, if it's manipulation, if it's pride, if it's immoral thoughts, if it's hatred, if whatever the case may be, the fact is the Bible warns us and teaches us that when we disobey, we can expect a poor outcome, consequences as a result of that. And in verse 12 and 13, when we think of this awakening, right? He says, and say, how have I hated instruction? Why do we hate instruction? And my heart despise or proof. These were good for me. I didn't like it in the moment when I heard it, but they are good for us. And I have not obeyed, verse 13, the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. Ugh. Hasn't there been times where you would love to go back in your life and redo some decisions, right? In golf, it'd be called a mulligan. It would be a do-over. Yeah, for sure. I think all of us, regardless of what comes to our mind, we'd like to, man, wish we could do that again. Wish we would, now that we can see it, now that we can look back, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Well, I think this is the point of God giving us such good truth, eternal truth, is that we could learn the lesson so we don't live with regrets. And I think when we make the sinful choices against God and his word to live holy, we can see how disobedient that we've been. You know, our hearts become hardened to where, man, we hated instruction. Don't tell me 
what to do or how to think. Well, obviously, it's a free country. You have free volition, free will. You can make any decision you choose. However, just be reminded every choice you make has an outcome. Good choices, right choices have right and good outcome. Bad choices, sinful choices have consequences and they aren't good. They're bad. And so when we hate instruction, we don't want to listen. God is pleading with us to give inclined to to bend our ear, to give listen, if you will, to what he is saying to us so we awaken to that. But then we also see as far as awakening, how disobedient we've been, but also how disgraceful we've been. Verse 14 of Proverbs 5, he says, I, or, I was almost, this is verse 14 of Proverbs 5, I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the congregation and assembly. The second truth that comes to my mind when I think of someone who is awakening, all right, Okay, we see it now. We get it. Okay, now I need to make some changes. Is the thought of the idea as believers of the disgrace or dishonor we bring to the family of God, to the church of Christ? Sometimes we only are thinking of ourselves, aren't we? Isn't that why we choose to sin? We're only thinking about what we want and what we desire. But we aren't thinking clearly of how this will affect others. Solomon says it will embarrass you. He says, I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the congregation assembly. Those other brothers and sisters in Christ. People will know and see what you've done. And ultimately, it does affect the church. Right? The Bible says when one member suffers, we all suffer. And I think that's why we should be so close to one another and realize that people go through difficulties and they go through hardships. And it's not one that you point the finger and judge, you know, I told you this was going to happen. And we just kind of rub it in their face. It's like, oh, hate what it's done to you and it affects me. And I think that's what compassion is. I, I heard a long time ago, the definition of compassion is someone's hurt in your heart. And a church ought to be a place of high premium on its people. Yeah, living a life that's pleasing to God. Yet, we also remember what 2 Corinthians teaches us, that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and a heart all desire to be to help not add to the hurt. And so failure to do that means that we ourselves would bring a reproach and to live in sin and be disobedient and not awaken to God's truth is going to be evident, yes, on those around you, your family, your church, but on the Lord, ultimately. It's a poor reflection of a godly testimony, and it ruins our testimony for Christ. But then lastly, as we think about, yes, the appeal and the agony, right? And, and, and we think about this awakening, 
there is an alternate. There's an alternative to this thought of uh, extra marital affair and protecting your marriage. And we find that in verses 15 through 23. And I think this really explains something to us. And so I'd like to read these verses with you, 15 through 23. He says, drink waters out of your own cistern and running waters out of your own well. Stay at home on this, right? Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of waters, water in the streets, let them be your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth or husband of your youth. Let her be as the loving deer and pleasant doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Why should you, my son, Solomon writes to Rehoboam, be intoxicated by an immoral or strange woman and embrace the bosom of seductress? Pretty strong language here, but we're getting it. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. He catches it all. And he ponders all his goings. Nothing escapes the mind and heart of God. His own iniquities, sin, entrap the wicked himself, and he is snared by the cords of his sins. We become self-destructive. We put ourselves there. He will die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray. This is the great alternative. You can choose to live differently and have the blessing of God on your life. So very quickly, let me give you some help about making the right choices. First, restrict your view of marriage to God's view. God wrote a book and he has clearly explained what marriage is and how it is defined. It really is defined between a man and a woman forever. And there's no need for us to rewrite God's plan, right? And God's plan excludes someone else outside of your marriage. It's very clear. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And here in verses 15 through 17 of Proverbs 5, where our text is, we're told to avoid this whole promiscuous. We're told to enjoy the marriage, the intimacy within the marriage at home and not abroad, in the streets, if you will. So, yes, we, we absolutely restrict, right? to God's view and definition of marriage, our view, to God's view and his plan, which should be our plan. But then we rejoice with the spouse that God's given us. Marriage is a great gift from God. And you should remember that. And God has the best for us when you enjoy it the way God has written it. And to rejoice really means to make merry with, be glad with, and allow her or him to brighten your life. That's what he said. He said, right, um, let them only be your own and not strangers with you. 
And he says in verse 18, rejoice with the wife or husband of your youth. It's pretty interesting. Several years ago, Phyllis George interviewed Dallas quarterback Roger Staubach. It was a fairly dull interview until Phyllis, the interviewer, asked Roger Staubach, how do you feel when you compare yourself with Joe Namath, who is sexually active and has a different woman on his arm every time we see him? Pretty tough interview way back then. Roger Staubach said, Phyllis, well, the truth is, I'm just as sexually active as Joe. The difference is that all of mine is with one woman who is my wife. And so, very great answer. Very mature answer, isn't it? And so, I think that's why we restrict our view to God's view. Yes, we rejoice with the wife God's given or the husband God's given you. But then recognize the inevitable accountability that you have to God. God keeps us accountable. I mean, the question is, well, then why not go after a strange man? Why not go after a strange woman or moral woman, immoral man? Because God is watching our ways. That's what he said. It says in verse 21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his goings. God is watching, right? God sees everything. He's watching us, and we will give an account to him because, he says, verse 22, his own sins entrap the wicked himself, and he is ensnared in the cords of his own sins. Our wickedness does that. And I'm so thankful for the instruction of God's word because Romans 14, 12 says, so then every one of us shall give an account himself to God. I am thankful that I won't have to stand and give an account for others and neither will you. It would be great for us to remember the Lord is going to hold us accountable for the decisions that we make in our lives. So maybe the decisions you've made have not always been best. I hear you understand that. True for me. But we can change. We can grow and change and choose the way of God if that is what we make and for our decisions. So may the Lord speak to us wherever we are. Marriage is important and sacred before the Lord. It's important that we don't let society, government, or any institution rewrite that God has spoken on the matter. And for the Christian, God's word should be the final authority for our life. Make the effort and do whatever it takes to keep your marriage strong and pure. Fight for it. You'll be glad for the Lord's sake, yes, even for your children's sake, your wife's sake, your sake, and yes, even for the church that you are a part of. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so glad that you could be here. We are so glad that you're a part of this each and every week. Don't forget to hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Set your notifications on. And join me on Thursday as we continue to study through the book of Proverbs. Until next time. God bless you, you are loved, and you are prayed for. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today for Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. 
You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to podcast with Pastor Larry.